Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about pigeons, health, and we have part one of our interview with Emma McNally from Achieve Your Greatness Limited. Welcome one and all to The Kindness Project, uh, episode not a clue. <laughs> We are on episode 257, but today is a super special occasion because we are recording... All round one mic. All, all, all together. one mic, <laughs> all live, all in the same place for the first time ever. No, we In like haven't. three months. Oh, it's right, been a no, while. No. It's been a while. Although, <clears throat> the first... All of us together in one place... Is unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, normally is producer Raz is sitting in somewhere over in his, in his little bunker in Norfolk. Yeah. In his um, little blue room. In his little printer room. Yeah. Surrounded by printers. You're normally, nowadays, in your... In my flat. In your little bunker in yeah. Glasgow. And I'm normally in my little bunker in Essex. You're right? normally here in the living room. I'm normally here. Um, and we are sort of... Um, we are in front of probably the most um, colourful painting that we own, the cow. The macaw. The bull, the macaw. Um, so we're all here, chaps. How are we getting on? We've yeah. had a good weekend this weekend. It yeah, has been a fantastic weekend. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Do you want to say it? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like I'm home. Oh, right, yeah, Charlotte yeah. is home. Charlotte's home from uni. Russ. I, I leave on Tuesday, but, you know. Yeah, um, but, yeah, we all... Oh, i tell you what, we've been looked after on this podcast recording because there's um, chocolates on the table. We're getting served drinks. Is it better oh, breakfast as well? I'm drinks, thank you very much. Yeah. So, chaps, what should we talk about today? Pigeons. There's a lot of pigeons. Oh, pigeons. Yeah, yeah, I like pigeons. I like pigeons. Yeah. Go on in pigeon fences. <laughs> Off you go. No one's had no one's had trouble with you, so stop your feeding them uh Yeah, I know. And I know, the I know. uh have, have you ever square. seen a pigeon sit down? Oh my god, they're so cute. Pigeons Pig- are good. Why are, you, why are you both looking at me with some like for some pigeon well, validation? You're usually the one who's got like loads of meaningful contributions yeah. to the conversation. I've got no meaningful contributions specifically about pigeons. About right. pigeons, no. Um, they're in a lot of city centres worldwide. Okay. Um, I tell you what. It's a uh, what we'll of do we is culture as the pigeon in the city centre. What we'll do is have a pigeon fact off. You ready? So let's see who knows the most about pigeons. No, let's not. Oh no! Hold on. Hold on. Two minutes ago, you used to love pigeons, but suddenly you're banking other pigeons in a big way. No, no, no. I like pigeons. I just don't know a lot about pigeons. No, no, do I? Right. Pigeon fact number one, Russell. Go on. Off you go. I just enjoy pigeons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just look at them and just go? Russ, you're the producer. Can we just have that in a little meme? Just Russ will turn around and go in. I just enjoy pigeons. <laughs> right, just that, Russ. While while we're doing that, we're just gonna we're just gonna record you saying I just enjoy pigeons. Say that again, Russ. I just enjoy pigeons. <laughs> I think I missed it. But I got a photo, and I'm just gonna put a caption on it. Um... I just enjoy pigeons. That is. The... <laughs> yeah. In what way do you enjoy pigeons, Russ? Send that to me, and I'll post it on my Facebook. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> so so um. 
Uh, what do you enjoy about pigeons? I just enjoy the ambiance of a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. I don't know what he's saying. Oh, no, what does I get about they're, pigeons? Their coming that they go yeah. is very sober, and they're very round sometimes. <laughs> Especially the ones in London <laughs> seem to be very round. Well, well, it's a well, well I, the the. The thing <laughs> I just enjoy pigeons. <laughs> the way, the way, um, the way that a lot of London politicians have felt about pigeons is the entire opposite <laughs> because they do spread disease, don't they? Mizogs. 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 <laughs> and, and and actually, a few years ago, they had a mass culling of all the. Yeah, and uh, uh, so pigeons in the. I don't believe in killing for the sake of killing. Yeah, I get that. I get that. How about, how about culling for the sake of the environment? No, I don't agree with that either. I mean, there's that? nothing that. I think, I think nature finds its own way. Well, yeah. <coughs> it did that... do before we ever yeah. got involved, didn't it? Yeah, so. Yeah. No, but like, there's that thing with the, um, what, the, the, the squirrel population that's not natively from here and they kill all the native squirrels. Yeah, the, the yeah. red and the. I, I can agree with the um, red squirrel culling if they're killing other species yeah. that are native to. Can, can we just yeah. name some other animals and see how much you enjoy them? Spiders. Right. I really like spiders. Yes, I'm on board I've had, with this. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're animals. So you two. You two. I don't care if they're animals. No, no, no. But they are. Really yeah, them. I do. Right. Like them. Really enjoy. Pick an animal for us to say whether we enjoy. We I'm need trying to think of animals I enjoy. Uh, how are they? Scorpions are cool. How do you feel about badgers? Badgers, badgers are alright. Oh, no, but okay. you don't really enjoy no, badgers. No, what I really like. Go on. We get this hedgehog out of the back garden, <laughs> and I really enjoy the hedgehog. It rolls itself up in a ball oh. when Snoopy goes near it. Right. That's and so it's cute. like just a ball of cuteness. I I often think yeah, if, you... if, if, like, if I'm in a, like, a low mood, I'll just look up pictures of wombats. Wombats. Yeah, especially wombats. when they're being held, because they're just like... Ah. See, you two, you two, <laughs> why am I constantly surprised with conversations about you two? You, and how did you become so aligned in your love of pigeons? Mm. I mean, I remember, pigeons. I remember going well, to Tower. More and more so, I know, it's me and Charlotte do have a lot in common. Yeah. In what way? The, 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 the things we like. But, uh, um, pigeons? Pigeons, random spider. habits we have that just we don't random know where they habits. came from. Charlotte, when Charlotte was talking about her anxiety the other month, yeah, I, I could relate to that yeah. as well. This morning yeah. I literally said, Sometimes I stare <coughs> off into the distance and lose focus. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, I'm aware with you. And I'm like, Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, uh, but increasingly, and it's interesting because I think we've got a uh, um, a number of interviews on the Climate Project coming up, talking about mental health again. Um, uh, and I've been having a lot of conversations about, in particular, men's mental health, but it applies to, it applies to everybody. Yeah. I, I genuinely think the fact that we can have more open and honest conversations about mental health and um, at least indicate when we're struggling is healthier yeah. for our society. And I suppose the challenge that I've got when I think about it is, and I don't know what the right or wrong answer is here, 
we don't want to wallow in that, do we? We don't want to like sort of think that that's the only state we can be in. We've got no. to think about positive, yeah. proactive ways yeah. to make ourselves feel better um, and with the support of others. Yeah. But in my head, and and and, and, and again, I'm really lucky when it comes to my mental health because even though I do have challenges and fears and doubts and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I don't think I suffer from extreme, what I'd consider extreme anxiety. But what I, I think, looking at it from a bit of an external perspective, the first thing you need to do is talk about it, right? What do, what do you got no, I find talking about it makes it worse. I find it really difficult to talk about. It plays on my mind. If I, if I talk about it, it plays on my mind, yeah. <laughs> So you think about talking about anxiety makes it worse? Yeah. What do you mm, think? I don't think it makes it worse. I just find it incredibly difficult to talk about because in that specific moment that I am talking about it, it is a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, that's similar. But after, yeah, and then, about, uh, does it feel like there's been a burden left? Well, we've got an interview coming up with a guy that talks about a particular group he goes to. Yeah. And I've signed up for that. Oh, right, okay. Tell us about that. That's the talk club. I've signed up. I haven't had time to look around on it properly, but they ask you certain questions, see how you are and how you're paying But then, But then the, uh, the benefit of that talk club, and that would be a good interview yeah. to, when we air it, the benefit of that talk club is that you realise you're not alone. Yeah, and that's one. Of, yeah. That's been one of the benefits, isn't it? That that actually we can have open and honest conversations about turning around, and going, "Look, I'm not the only one who's struggling. There's other people who struggle too, um, and they are still getting." I've been had, that... uh, traditionally what I've done is isolate myself. So exactly. I don't have to deal with it. Don't have yeah. to but you've face still... it. But if it's in your own head, it doesn't yeah. go away, does it? That's yeah. There's, there's that whole idea of if you don't air it, that's not actually sort of there. But that's not like a, a true thing. That's just something like you tell yourself in your head to sort of... Um, yeah, it's really weird to me that you consider it a new idea about being more open with mental health because that's always sort of, you know, just been around in my lifetime. But, I mean, this, but this is the interesting thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, more open than men's mental health, rather than... I think, I think the, oh, yeah. the, the, interview we've, the interviews we've had is that men's mental health has been more discussed probably in the last 10 years. Um, uh, now, and, and this is one of the big things, isn't it? You know, like, if you look at, at your lifetime, like the last 13 years, <laughs> we've been particularly better at talking about mental health. Mm, yeah. You go back to the 70s and 80s. Yeah, when, when, you know, we, when, when we were when up, we kids, it was very just, taboo. It, it was just, yeah. I don't know if it was taboo, it was just people, people, people did talk about mental health, but they just didn't talk about it the same way, did, no. did they? That wasn't as open as, no, no. as what it is now. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of, because um, I've been doing a lot of, like, you know, looking into the not the, the sort of period of time you guys talked about earlier, because and a lot of it was like in the discussions of mental health. If someone had mental health problems, they hid it because the treatment was so bad. That yeah. It, yeah, they feared the treatment more than they feared their own mental health yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it was lobotomies or shock treatment or or hydrotherapy and yeah, it was 
worth to talk about it back then. And I think even though it, those things don't happen anymore, that sort of stigma yeah. to hide it, bury it, yeah. keep it away. People are thinking something bad of you if you talk about your mental health still sort of like stays in some of the generations. But, but I think I think sometimes a part part of the part of the issue we've got is looking at the positive tools that we could potentially use mm. to make our mental health better because yeah. talking about it is is one part of it but then what do we do to positively progress and make sure that we are, we're having better conversations i found recently that talking about how i'm feeling has made me feel a lot better than to work internalising one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you get a perspective, perspective yeah. on that. Well, can you, on the podcast, Rose, can you just give us an update? No. No. On, no, 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 no. On, 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 not on your mental health, but how you're, how you're getting on with stuff that you're doing on it. So, are, is Talk Club a benefit? And is... I, I haven't had a chance to try out Talk Club, but I've recently had some counselling, bereavement counselling. That was excellent. I found that very useful. Mm. Good. Good. And it's the first time I've opened my mind to counselling. Obviously, we lost our mum, and that was quite a difficult time for me. <laughs> and I had one night counselling straight after, and that helped. Mm. But it didn't sort of take away that feeling of, I put a brick wall up and yeah. shut down after a little while. I couldn't yeah. cope with what I was feeling. Yeah. And then the second time, I was a lot more open and it helped yeah. a lot more. And it's a process, isn't it? For yeah. anybody listening, there's a really amazing documentary on Netflix. came on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's a film by Jonah Hill, who's the uh, comedian, film comedian, mainly. <laughs> Um, but it's really interesting exploration into um, his relationship with his therapist, therapist, and the tools that his therapist has, has given him to help him navigate mm. with his own yeah. mental health. It's called Stutz, S-T-U-T-Z, um, and it's definitely worth checking out on Netflix because yeah. it just as a as an exploration of some tools that can potentially help you navigate your own mental health. So, so yeah. it was a... and, and what, what I find is that a lot of different people, if you ask them, have different ways of sort of dealing with their own mental health. Yes. Like, a lot of people I know use creative art forms. Yeah. And, like, yeah. creative mediums. Like, I, like... Use my writing, I use my poetry and stuff like that, sort of as an expression of. There's a number of things I've started doing is writing a journal. Yeah, journaling. Yeah, journaling. Daily, yeah. just like I've done this today, what went well, what didn't go well. And then one of the other things that, that worked truly really well for me is um, gratitude. You know, like thinking about where, where I've been very lucky, and I have been very lucky. So gratitude can be, um, can be really good. Um, one quick question, chaps. How do we go from uh, a quite light-hearted conversation about you, your two love of pigeons to quite a deep conversation about it, mental health? It was talking about the transition, that and when you talked about the interviews we've got coming up. Ah, oh, right, okay, that's I don't fair think that's, Can we interview the pigeons? I don't think that's where the transition... I think the transition... Because we were talking about what we have in common... 
Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah, the anxiety. The anxiety. That's right. Um, uh, uh, Can you arrange an interview with a pigeon? What would be a prominent pigeon we could get back on the show? Yeah. We could just pluck one off the street to London. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sorry. You're advocating pigeon kidnap. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. She wants to kidnap a pigeon, Russ. Pigeonapping. (laughs) Pigeonapping. Pigeonapping, is that what we're doing? I just want to own one pigeon. No, no, I would. Why don't you become a pigeon fancier? <laughs> you know what I would like to. But that is the official name for somebody who looks after <laughs> pigeons. There is nothing wrong with a bit of pigeon fancier. Russell does it all the time. He's got complete admiration for pigeons. Um, he's obsessed with them, in fact. That's what I kind of buzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Stop it, please! Go on. No, actually, don't stop it. Go on, Russ. Tell us about your, uh, tell us about what kind of bird you fancy. I didn't know. I was having your phone at three o'clock this morning, and there was a bird over there. Was it? I'm not allowed to look through singing. people's windows, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. Oh, I was Put your binoculars away. I know I shouldn't have brought my binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> um. Was it I'm, a magpie? I'm the magpie cooing. Right. Like singing. Singing. Oh, right. so it was probably a male bird that, then. That sounds quite nice. Oh, right. Okay. It, was, it was probably a male bird then because the males so. sing. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. What were they doing? Having a shower? Or? Don't know. What? <laughs> what birds are there to sit in the rain and have a shower, aren't they? I'm so sorry, Russ. He's at <laughs> his high drinks again. I know. <laughs> right, okay. And on that note, um, <laughs> right, can I just say one thing before we move on to the interview? Um, pigeon fancying is a genuine thing, right? Like- Look it up, yeah. p- pigeon fancying. Because you looked to me when I was at pigeon fancying, like I just made that phrase up. Check it I out. I knew where you were leading. That's why I looked at oh, you right, like okay, that. I knew where I, you were going. It, it went smoothly, actually. It went no, it really didn't. Um, uh, but um, p- pigeon fancying is real. And actually, I I mean, you look at the... Have you ever written an article on charlottedames.com? Available on all web, on all good. Oh, web no. Damn, I didn't even need to plug it this um, time. Actually, can I plug the book? Um, uh, we did have a release date for the book uh, that went completely out the window because we had some publishing we issues throughout the didn't We did, um, but we are. Um, the book is now available on Amazon, on uh, on Kindle, on paperback. Yeah. Uh, on our publisher's web- website, the Endless Bookcase. Yeah. Um, you can get it everywhere, um, and we will be doing some really cool promotional stuff now in January. In the interviews, yeah. In the new year, we're doing some interviews. And book uh, signings. Uh, we've, we've got a few book signings coming up. Um, when in January uh, are you doing that? Uh, we'll put them all on the show notes. In, in December, you're on Phoenix FM, I think it's the 20th. Yeah, I'll be on the radio throughout December. Um, so I'm going to be talking about uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the books throughout that period. A hundred percent of the profits from the book are going to an amazing charity, St Francis Hospice, um, and it makes the perfect Christmas gift as well. Mm. So pick up yeah. a coffee of the kindest project by Chris Dames uh, now. Uh, just to be clear, I'm not the writer of the romantic novel The Kindness Project, which is also available. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> that, always, that always 
lips have come out. I mean, oh, you didn't even... Oh, no. I'm so sorry. My next book will be a romantic novel. But I thought you were writing on a dystopia. Um, I, yeah, well, I, actually, my next book is going to be... He told me he was buying the kids' book yesterday. When? He's got too many projects for us. I don't know how he keeps it all in his head. Well... Well, well, I, I, the next the next one will be the workbook, and then I'll decide what to do from there. And on that note, um, uh, and interestingly enough, um, uh, this interview is all about thinking about the world in practical, positive ways and using mental tools. We've got the amazing Emma McAnally uh, as our uh, podcast guest. Emma McAnally is a NLP expert, um, and I found I did some training with her. Funny enough, it was really useful. Found what she talked about really fascinating. Felt that she had some real input uh, into the conversation about being kinder to ourselves, like we've been talking about today. Um, and we wanted to share some of the tools she taught me. So. Let's interview Emma. Welcome, Emma, to the Kindness Project. Thank you for joining us. How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, great, thank you. I was training the weekend, so it was absolutely marvellous. Oh, had a cool. Beautiful group of people. Um, yeah, and had a fabulous, fabulous three days. So, yes. So, what, t- tell us a little bit about the sort of consistent training you do. How does that, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I run a training company called Achieve Your Greatness. And basically what we're all about is helping people to achieve their greatness. (laughs) So it's really about helping people to understand a bit about why they do what they do. And then using performance psychology and applied neuroscience, making changes so that they can have the life they desire. So yeah. And and I suppose suppose the you want to make sure that part of the reason you were trying over the weekend is you want to make sure you're skills continue to be pretty good so how how often do you continue to train and how does that oh okay yeah yeah so I was delivering training the weekend but yes I um for myself going on training regularly so CPD continuous professional development is hugely important so we have a conference once a year um and we have all of the audios which is about 40 to 80 hours worth of listening um, and then always doing reading courses because it's so important to keep our skills completely up to date. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and tell me, a little, before we start talking about the business, tell me a little bit about you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm Emma. Um, I live in sunny old Chelmsford, um, so in Essex. So I'm married to um, to a Geordie, so a guy who comes from Newcastle, so my husband. Um, we met in a car accident, which is obviously a, a different way to meet. Not one I would recommend in terms of dating, however. Um, yeah. It worked. It yeah. worked. Love at first sight. Been married 25 years next year. So, yeah, all really good. In... Right. I, now, I, I, I did say to you at the start that I'd probably go off on a tangent. And I know you mentioned this. You mentioned when, when I came on your taster course a little while ago, you mentioned this. Yeah. Who made the initial approach? Like, how did it go from the from the crash to the first date? Tell me about that. Yeah, hello. Well, obviously, when you're in an accident, you have to share information, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> As in address, telephone number, etc. So um, we sort of phoned just to check. I phoned him to check he was okay, just to get his insurance details, um, and then we got chatting, and he was like, "Do you fancy going out?" And I was like. Yes, I wouldn't mind. Thank you very much. And it went from there. So Amazing. Literally. I mean, 
if you ask him, he would agree that it was love at first sight. Just oh, we got out of the car amazing. and I was like, oh my word, he's gorgeous. And yeah. And then the rest is And this was this days. was this post or pre-mobile? Did you phone him at home? So yeah, I had a mobile. So this was 26 years ago in January. I had a mobile, but he didn't. So I had to phone my, right. my mom and dad. I was still at home and go, can you come and get me? <laughs> I'm in the middle of the room. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, before we'd even dated, my husband had met my parents, which was obviously <laughs> a bit crazy too. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. As, as orders go, Emma, this one's quite unique, yes. right? We're just doing yes. it in a, in a, in a different... <laughs> In a different order. And you exactly. mentioned that you were training over the weekend. Um, yeah. So tell us what you were doing over the weekend with the group you were training. Yeah, amazing. So we were doing um, a beautiful process called Core Transformation. So this is where we work with... Um, so if you've ever had part of you maybe wanted to be healthy and part of you wanted to eat chocolate, ever had that? Or part of you wanted to go down the gym and part of you wanted to stay in bed. We work with all of those parts because sometimes there's things like beliefs or emotions or behaviors that we find less than helpful in our lives. And this beautiful process was helping us to bring those parts together to wholeness, to actually have a beautiful um, experience of changing those things that aren't working for us so that we can experience a better, better quality. Okay, so before we start start talking about being kinder to itself. I want a bit of an insight into that. Next time, and I'm, it happens to me quite a lot. I know I should go down the gym, but I I actually, I'm conflicted and I also want to stay in bed. Yeah. What models and yeah, techniques yeah. are really useful for that when I'm thinking about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, what um, every single behaviour we have, there's a positive intention that sits behind it. So when we sort of think, even some of the behaviours that we go, you know, I wish I would, wouldn't like stay in bed. I wish I was able to jump out of bed. And what we do in NLP is we understand what it is that sits behind it. What's the positive intention? And making sure that that positive intention is retained so that when we do other things, that that, that need that we have, fundamental need, is still met. Because if going and doing something different doesn't meet that fundamental need then there's something missing and you know if there's something missing we'll fill it with something so that's why if you've ever seen somebody who maybe has um given up smoking um they will then swap to something like eating chocolate or doing something else because the fundamental need of smoking hasn't been met so that's what we do in nlp is help the change to be congruent for you to work on all levels and that need to carry on being met but in a more healthy way so, yeah. Is that need typically emotional? Yeah, it can be. Or it can be a, a higher level need. It can be something like love or significance or certainty or purpose. It's those sort of things. that. Um, so when you've got a behaviour, that's what you see in the front. If you see what I mean, you see the behaviour. But what's driving that is something more important, something yeah. deeper. Um, yeah. And it's understanding what that is and respecting that and making sure that that's met in whatever you do. So, yeah. Okay, so so you've you've explained that you've been married for a long time and you met your husband at Carl Graves. What else do we need to know about you to understand? Okay. What drives you yeah. as an individual? What 
what drives me yeah okay so it's an absolute love and passion to help other people so the whole company the whole coaching world that I do everything I do is about kindness it's about it's so aligned to what what you're we're talking about um because we have this great um analogy in NLP about putting the oxygen mask on yourself first yeah and that's what I teach people to do is I teach people how to be kind to themselves so by being kind to themselves, they then have the resources to be kind to the world and to other yeah. people. Well, you so, know yeah. what's interesting? So we, we, yeah, I don't think you've, you haven't read the book yet. The, our, our book that's coming out in November. And I know no, that it's is, And, and the um, part, chapter two in the book, chapter one's a little bit, the history and backstory of the Kindness Project and the reason we've written the book. But chapter yeah. two starts with a story about me trying to explain to Charlotte, who is my elder uh, eldest doctor about that if we want to be kind to others it's really important that we look after ourselves because then we've got more energy to give to other people Absolutely. and guess what the analogy i use is uh oxygen mask on an airplane because it just makes sense Absolutely. doesn't it uh so yeah that Absolutely. that yeah that that's yeah. perfect yeah, so yeah, yeah. so yeah. helping others making sure people are equipped with the tools to be kinder to themselves tell me a bit about achieve your greatness what you do and and how that enables people to be kind to themselves yeah, absolutely. So Achieve Your Greatness is a neuro-linguistic program and training school, so NLP, which, as I say, is performance psychology. So it's modeling people who are excellent in their field, understanding the tools and techniques that they use, the language patterns they use, and then going, okay, let's teach that to other people so that they can have that level of success. So we run everything from a two-hour taster right the way through to practitioner courses, master practitioner courses, core transformation. We do something called identity by design. So that's if you feel like you've lost your sense of self. So, for example, um, if somebody's you know spent years looking after their kids and then they go off to university, they can go, well, hang on a minute. Where does that leave me? And really yeah. helping them to really come home to themselves and design the future they want. So, I, yeah, I do that for coaching, um, one-to-ones, but also group training. So that's what we do. And so I, I write. I'm an author. Historically, being a children's author, um, got 14 books out for kids. But I've got... Um, just launched who's flying your plane which again is so aligned to our analogy and how to master the controls of your life so that is is out now as well and that's all about how to be in the pilot seat of your life how to that, when, when's that, that coming controls. out so well, it'll be out by the time this interview comes by out. the time this interview's out it's already out it's on amazon it's there yeah so in hardback kindle and paperback so yeah yeah how, how is changing the writing style for for writing to kids compared to write for adults <laughs> yeah it was quite a shift because i normally write in rhyme and funnily enough like <laughs> Sounds like fun, to be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You should have kept the rhyme in. Maybe rhyme I should have. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so yeah um as, as you probably can tell i'm a person of many words which is why my editor has been an absolute godsend to cut down my because I, I write like i talk so um to still keep my personality but maybe cut out some of the millions of words that i use so yeah it was very different a very different experience but really enjoyable absolutely loved it so yeah, yeah. really excited really excited to have the book out it it's real it's a real, real interesting one actually i mean 
like sort of in my professional life as a financial planner, a lot of clients' approaches when they're going through a point of transition in their life. So, so approaching what they potentially see as retirement, uh, but retirement for for a lot of people is different now, isn't it? Because they still want to maintain a degree of activity, but want to know that they're financially independent to choose what they want to do in that next chapter of their life. Um, so yeah, that that sense of identity because identity is so wrapped up in work often, isn't it? So how do we how do we sort of remove that? Sort of being wrapped wrapped up. If we want to make a transition in our life, yep. and and actually our identity is wrapped up in what we do, what's yep. the first natural steps we should be thinking about taking to make that transition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first step is to realise that we're not the labels that we or others put on ourselves. So like you say, if you've been a teacher all your life, or you've been a doctor, or you've been a financial planner, or a trainer, then that becomes our identity, but it's not our identity. Yeah, That's it's not, not us, is we it? Yeah. We're not just a mother, father, a wife, son, daughter, cousin, you know, author, lawyer. We're so much more than that. So what we do is help the person to peel off those labels and find out truly who we are inside in terms of those qualities and those characteristics and then bring those forward and enable you to create an exciting future based on who you are not the labels but just just moving away from the labels there can be all sorts of emotions attached to that such as grief yeah Yeah. or rejection or sadness so the transition becomes so important so that's why we work to help people make that transition smooth so the next chapter is an exciting chapter yeah. it's, it's fun it's what you you know it's like oh this is what i've been working for all my life as opposed to oh that's it you know i mean it can be if you want to put your feet up and you know i yeah. don't know knit if you want to um but if you don't want to then you can do something else yeah. and is that but i mean it's really interesting one isn't it so everything i try to do now both personally and through the business is based on values is part yeah. of the process helping people identify what they really truly believe and 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 sort of that being their guiding light is that how it works beliefs are huge we do a lot of work with within with beliefs um and values absolutely and if they're not working for us to change them so so we talk a lot we've talked before about limiting beliefs so those beliefs that are holding us back well what we can do is change those beliefs to ones that are more empowering so that that journey is is better is more exciting it's whatever you want it to be rather than by default oh well this is what society says or this is what I feel I should do because other people before me have done or are doing the same thing and and carve your own path and yeah. decide what you want yeah for sure so, so emma we both like to talk i don't think we there's do. any dispute <laughs> about about that at all but I, I, and again one of the things that i've been thinking about quite a lot recently is the power of questions and actually yeah. uh talking less listening more and asking more intelligent questions how do we get as as people who, uh, who who want to be kinder to others and help people, yeah. just get better at listening more and talking less. Yeah. <laughs> and how do we get the balance right? Because I don't know how to do that. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic. Um, so we obviously NLP, the L bit is linguistics, and we're all about questions. We're all about asking those questions because, you know, um, 
again, is a balance, isn't it? So sometimes if somebody turns to you and says, I'm stuck with my Excel spreadsheet, can you help me? You're going to want to answer those questions, right? And give them some guidance. But sometimes the answer's deeper. So what you're getting is like the words are just surface and there's a meaning that sits underneath. And so by stopping talking and really listening to what they say. So we talk about active listening, which means rather than working out, oh, what's my next question going to be? Being completely present. So parking your map of the world, parking what's going on for you and being completely present with that other person, giving them your undivided attention, listening intently to everything that they're saying and picking up on those cues of what's going on for them. And then asking those insightful questions of, okay, so what's going on for you right now? or What's happening for you? Rather than going, oh, yeah. Um, we do a lot of mind reading, don't we? We automatically manage it. Oh, well, what you should do is, well, maybe, but yeah. maybe they've actually, you know, got something themselves that to discover. And if you ask the right questions, you can help them to discover that for themselves. So, yeah, yeah. it's an interesting one, an interesting balance. So that was part one of Emma's uh, input. That's good so far. Yeah, right? so far. Now, you've been tapping me, Charlotte, so clearly you want to say something no, or do uh, something. I, I realise uh, there was no kindness news this week. No, kindness news will be back uh, next week. There's none this week. Kindness news will be back. Yeah, I was not informed of the change, and I got very concerned and confused by our show's format changed. We, I mean, we, well, the format totally changed because I... When we planned this, I didn't have time to do the show notes because we've been quite busy. We've had a busy, so, we've had a busy few days, haven't okay, we? So, okay, okay. so um, yeah. Uh, but kindness news will be if back. We're, if we're taking kindness news out, can I put joke of the week back in? Yeah. Yeah. Put joke of the week yeah, back in. Yeah. That's it. I've got ringing endorsement for our producer. You know? Yeah, excellent. No, no, this is this is coming back to pigeons again. <laughs> Everybody seems to love joke of the week, but me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, joke of the week is every time. Do you know how popular that was on the? I, on the live episode. I've, I've been out and about, Russ, yes. and people have said to me, oh, I love the Kindness Project Live, particularly Joke of the Week. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they, and I was yeah. like, what is going on? The way Charlotte tells them in monotone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then laugh at my own joke at the Go end. Go on, then. You can do Joke of the Week, then. Go on, then. Uh, anytime soon. Do you want to hear a construction joke? <laughs> yeah, construction joke. Sorry, I'm still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why I despise Joker. All right, maybe we should have done away with Joker. (laughs) His reaction's my favourite bit, though, you know? I mean, on a on an audio podcast, me just being deadly so- silent. I, 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 I don't it's know. It's the daggers. It, it's the daggers. And on that note, my friends, have a lovely week, and we'll see you next week on the Kindness Project. Bye. Bye.